Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California professional firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve. Hello and welcome to CPF Firewire. I'm the CPF president, Brian Rice. And if you've come on the job as a firefighter in the last decade or so, there's many aspects of the job that you always just figured were there. You know, good pay, uh, overtime pay, uh, great health benefits, up-to-date personal protective gear, uh, training, promotional opportunities. Uh, we went from really having no process for grievance and discipline to having a rock-solid grievance and discipline process. Um, we have one of the most secure and absolutely best retirements in the nation that honors the work that you do. And these benefits that we have on the job, they weren't given to us because we drive around in big red or we look good in blue. Um, these benefits are because of our unions and our unions fought for them and in some cases put their own safety and freedom on the line. Uh, today, we're gonna begin um, an occasional series of podcasts where we're gonna look at the history of our firefighter labor movement and what it was like in, I'll call them the dark ages of our profession, um, going back to the 70s and pre-70s, the battles that were fought, the people that sacrificed to win the benefits that we have today. Let that sink in for a second. The people that fought to help provide us the benefits that we have today. And we're gonna start by looking back at the firefighter strikes of the 1970s. And you know, there was a time when conditions were so bad for firefighters um, that we were actually forced to go on strikes so that our voices could be heard. And one of those strikes took place in October of 1970 in Sacramento. Um, it was a three-week strike that built a legacy of union solidarity that continues to this day. And joining me today is, you know, literally, not literally, my number one um, mentor and hero um, in the union movement and fire service union movement, and that's Dick Mayberry, my past president of uh, Local 522. And you know, Dick was a young man and had just started out in the fire service at the time of the strike in Sacramento. And as the strike took shape, um, Dick became one of management's uh, focuses of attention. Hard to believe, Dick. Um, in fact, he was actually arrested for his involvement. He went on to become the president of Local 522 um, and not only was a longtime member of the CPF executive board, um, but he's mentored many, many uh, young firefighters along the career, along the path. And so right now, Dick, I'd like to welcome you to the CPF Firewire. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for those kind words. It's it's. It's great to have you. And I just, I want to kind of go back in time. And what was it like kind of um, from when you came on the job, you know, start as you're, you're coming on the job as a recruit. What was labor like? What was the contract like? What was the union? What was 522 like prior to that fateful day in October? And how receptive was the city to you? What were the things you guys were living through? Well, when I came on in, in, in 1964, uh, I was 23 years old, uh, married with uh, two young children, uh, a, a son that was seven and, and a daughter that was three. Uh, and uh, I came on and, and I was so excited. I mean, it was just exciting to come on, you know, and, 
and I was look, looking forward to a career. You know, I, I just uh, I just felt as though that I've, I'm where I want to be, you know. But uh, so when I came on in 64, I really didn't have anything to measure what 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 it was then against any other kind of measurement. So uh, we Dick, did you growing up as a young man, did you grow up in a union household? Were you aware of unions or was this um, kind of early introduction to you for organized labor? It was an early introduction for organized labor. Okay. So you started like many young firefighters today. They, there's less and less union households and more and more young firefighters that are coming in without a solid labor or union background. Yeah, but at the same time, while I didn't have any, any uh, connection per se, uh, most of our firefighters were on the job at that period of time and, and for probably another six or eight years after I came on, did have a, a lot of labor experience and background. You know, they came out of built out of crafts, building trades. Right. You know, they came out of the railroads. You know, they came they came uh, with it with with already having a union, and some of them already had some strike experience. You know, at that time. I want to jump forward a little bit into kind of that year prior to going on strike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd got several years under your belt. Obviously, you had a feeling for what uh, Local 522 was in the day. What, what was that 12-month period, um, you know, kind of October 69 leading up to um, October 1970? Um, and, and most people won't remember the amount of strife in our communities in those days. Um, talk to me. Let's let's go through kind of six, October '69 leading up to the strike. What were you guys? And I hate to say this to people because there weren't any women in the fire service at that time. But what were what were the what was the workforce for the Sacramento area facing at that time? Well, um, the uh, the '60s. Uh, you know, when I came on, we had canister masks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have self-contained masks. Uh, we had to buy our own uniforms. Uh, we uh, we had kind of the safety equipment that was antiquated. Uh, the masks that we were using came out of the coal miners, you know, with the birds. Still MSA, but that's where it came yeah. from. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, I, I I realized, you know, that uh, that was it was because I had to come out of the army, mm-hmm. and, and and I realized it was kind of more militarized. Uh, like, you know, speak when you're spoken to, stand in line and salute, you know, and things of that nature. Uh, and uh, as far as uh, the union and labor activities, uh, you know, I went to, one thing I guess was as a young firefighter that maybe was a little different to the norm is I, I went to all, every union meeting. I, 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 right when I came on, you know, realized that, hey, I want to I attend those meetings. I want to see what's going on. You know, and so um, then moving forward, you know, to to the 1669 before the strike, our bargaining, we didn't have bargaining. Uh, there, there was no Myers Millius Brown. That Myers Millius Brown didn't come in. They gave us some some bargaining rights uh, into in, in 69, I think. Um, so we uh, what we had to do, you know, was. We didn't. We weren't involved in politics. Very little politics. Um, we went to the civil. Our civil service board was mm-hmm. was the, the the group, the organization that uh, did salary surveys. 
and uh, and 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 they made recommendations to the city council as to what wages should be given. Kind of a whole different world. So you you kind of you. Civil Service Commission did a salary survey, presented it to the city, and the city decided where um, the Sacramento Fire Department needed to fall in that survey, and that's what you were given. That's what we were given, yeah. Um, and uh, most of the work that we, we did, most of our guys before me, you know, that, that were there, the ones that were taking care of the union business, uh, they didn't have much to work with, you know. Uh, but they did. They did a lot. They came through. It's amazing, but not much to work with. You know how uh, how, how well they did. Uh, we, we they did surveys. You know we had a six city by that time survey. Um, we did most of the work of, of what we was given to the civil service. All of the background, all of the the uh, positions of that we had were given. Uh, were done by the firefighters and the, and the cops. Just you know they kind of rode our coattail. I remember the coattail award between the SPOA and, and local that 522. Was, that was fun. That was later, you know. To, but at the same time, uh, uh, we had we we had parity then too. Oh, okay. We, I didn't that was, know that. that. Was so you had issue. parity. Uh, police and fire had police parity. Had in the parity city of Sacramento. Yeah, which, which parity meaning that uh, we we were paid the same wages mm -hmm. and benefits, um, and uh, parity became an issue in in '69, and then parity became an issue. In seventy, uh, and forever, and and forever. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a whole yeah. different. It was a whole different world, you know, at that time. I mean, in a world we all lived in, you know, right. in the world yeah, we did well with, you know. But yes. but it was it was evolving. And it right. was evolving pretty rapidly. What um, work, the working conditions and rules? Obviously, um, not obviously. I believe um, one of the strike points was the work week. Firefighters were working more than was it sixty four hours? How many hours a week were you working? We were working a sixty hour week. Sixty hour yeah. week. Um, I was also told I was talking to Mike Johnson about this, and Mike, you and Mike came on at about the same time. I think. I mean, he might have been a little after you. Yeah, probably a year or two after me. And one of the things that he said, he said, Brian, when I came on, on your days off, you, you had to let the city know if you were going to be out of town or seek permission to go out of town. What what were kind of some of the things that um, you had to experience that are unheard of today as far as work, daily work rules and shift rules? Well, you, we, because we were working <coughs> a 60-hour week, one thing, you know, and that uh, we, our schedule be, became more of that of a 56, uh, we had to come back. We had to give them back off-duty time to come back for five days where we would come off-duty to do fire prevention work uh, or... Uh, five days in a year? Five days in a year, you know, they, they had us come back. Uh, to do on, on an eight-hour day, you know, to do fire prevention work or burn grass, you know, to mitigate, uh, you know, the grass. I, I can remember Engine 7 in Valley High <laughs> when I was uh, working as a laborer, watch them uh, burning <laughs> off a field um, kind of down in that Florin and Stockton area. And just one engine and, and four guys out, you know, and, yeah. and burning off a field. You guys came back and did that for free. For free, that was their way of saying, "Okay, you're working at sixty, but you're what you're giving them fifty six, so you're going, you're going to work your sixty <laughs> by doing that." Uh, and uh, uh, well, and, and 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 you we're in a 
we're in a, uh, when you first came in the department, you were in a, uh, a rotating, which is, which was good. It was then and it still goes on today. Right. So I'm not going to complain about that. But, but uh, as an example, St. Paddy's Day parade, uh-huh. uh, we always were, Sacramento City Fire Department was always had a float and we always won the grand prize. I mean, you know, seven out of 10 years we, we would win. But the reason we were winning is because they made us work on the float on duty. We, we, we had to build that float, and we're ordered to build that float. <laughs> you know, for, so that was what kind of the thing, the, the semi-military, you well do as I say. How, how did, um, <laughs> how was there such thing as a grievance process? If you had an issue with the contract or you felt you were paid I- incorrectly, what was the process for you to go to the city and, and the union to use to um, rectify that the issue? <laughs> there really was none. There wasn't one. <laughs> no. What What about discipline? Discipline similarly, you know, uh, uh, the, the, all of the rights, all of what they then had were management rights, were, you know, we didn't have any, any recourse in discipline. You know, we didn't have any recourse in, in uh, seniority. You got what you got. You got what you got. And, and, and so there, there was very little, very little of what we have now in our union contracts uh, to address those kinds of things. It, 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 the chief, you know, said, you're, 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 you're going to be disciplined. You're going to take three shifts off. And, and that was it. It, it, it just happened. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you had no, nothing to say about it. And the union had, didn't have any. I mean, you know, we, we could always go to the council or, or have a council, but that was not very, very uh, uh, prevalent either. You know, the council kept their distance right. and all the rest of the stuff. Manager owned us. <laughs> the manager owned us. You know, we're, we kind of talked a little bit about what life was like to be a firefighter leading up to um, 1970. And, and let's kind of, we'll progress a little bit to the months before 1970 and, and knowing you and your belief in labor and, and your belief in um, dignity and respect in the workplace, what were, f- just give me a handful of things that drove you to the position, and I'll use this term, but I want you to get into it more because there's a very famous local speech. Um, what really drove you to cross the Rubicon? I know there were some sentinel things in there that you went, this just can't stand. Well, of course, the negotiations had broken down, you know, and, 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 but that, that was the negotiating committee, the executive board that was privileged to more of that inside stuff. But for us, rank and file, the everyday firefighter, um, what, what really caused us to become really pissed off uh, was when the, when, when, when the, the negotiations broke down, um, and the city started um, demeaning us publicly. They they would have press conferences of how uh, how we're we're undereducated, how you know we we sleep, how, and, and we only work you know so many hours, and we only put so much time in you know, and uh, uh, and and with that being said, I, I could go on and on with with the dirtiness of, of what they did. In, in their public relations, which ended up screwing them, it backfired on them. But nevertheless, what it, what it did—the backfiring was—it it made all of us, all 415 firefighters, angry. I mean, really angry how they how they how they uh, described us publicly, uh, and uh, humiliating, you know, demeaning, 
yeah. kind of things that are a little bit hard to, in this day and age, picture or fathom. Those those are things that gen, that they just don't happen today, um, and so it's hard. I think it's hard for a lot of listeners and myself to really go back and put yourself in the shoes of being a firefighter in the 60s and 70s, a truly noble profession. It was growing, it was evolving, um, and and then to be demeaned by your local leaders. We, 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 the listeners now, people on jobs, we don't, it's hard for us to comprehend that. It was a different time and a different age. Um, the weeks before the strike, wh- what was that like? What was the deliberation like? What was the final city council meeting like? And then you know, we're going out. We had, the part and party uh, to, to, to this was, we had the, the Myers Millius Brown, which, which started giving you some rights. Started to help. You know, um, and, uh, and we, had, we had carpetbaggers that came into Sacramento. Uh, they, they, they come from out, out of the city. They were young Turks. Uh, and their city director of personnel, uh, city, assistant city manager, Tom Hebner, Dick Rathon came out of, I think, World War One, you know, uh, and uh, uh, we had a council that was silent. They were afraid of the of the manager. The manager, you know, he pulled. Who was, who was the city manager during this? Dick Rathon. Dick Rathon. Okay. And he was coming out of the, come out, I think, out of World War One. <laughs> but any, anyway, uh, so they want. I think I think they wanted to build their resumes. Mm-hmm. They want. They wanted to with the Myers Millius Brown. They wanted to. Uh, I think they wanted a strike. I think they kind of moved us into the direction of a strike, uh, and 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 I think they they did it kind of purposely to to kind of break our union with the idea that we're going to start now. We're the young guys, you know, in management, and and this law that went into effect, we're going we're going to make sure that that it, the law is not going to give you what you think it should it is supposed to give you. We're going to break you down, uh, and and so. Uh, you know, they, they, I talked about the city manager. You had the city director of city personnel. You had assistant city manager. You had a city attorney. They were all at the bargaining table. They were all at the bargaining table. Uh, and, uh, and so they, they, they wouldn't, uh, wouldn't give us any considerations. I mean. Now, at that time, were you on the bargaining team? No. You were a rank and file firefighter. Rank and, rank and file firefighter. And that, that's important to note here. Um, and, and and I'm going to ask you, you're a rank-and-file firefighter. You're, you have a young family, um, somewhat newly married. You have young kids. Um, the prospect of going on strike, what, what were your thoughts? Were there fears, you know, um, your livelihood, your career? What was some of the internal struggles that you had with this? I think the younger firefighters uh, were more ad- 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 adaptive. Okay. You know, I think the younger firefighters, you know— uh, you know, just felt as though we we're not going to put up with this. You know, we come on, we came on the job. Uh, we're gonna, if we have to go on strike, we will. You know, and, and and you went on strike over, and this is really important: your working conditions, how the city treated you, to upend the established um, quote unquote labor relations in the city of Sacramento, meaning. You'll take it and you'll like it. It, it this wasn't political. It wasn't over um, uh, political ideology. It wasn't red. It wasn't blue. This is working men and women wanting dignity and respect 
in their workplace, period. And without having given that to us, the city manager and what they did publicly, you know, their public relations, what they did is, is they caused our older firefighters, our firefighters that already had 20 years on or 30 years on, who would have ever thought that those firefighters would walk out on strike? Some of them close to, close to retiring with their, with, and their pension would be affected. You're obviously going to be without pay. Your pay is going to be reduced. Your pension is going to be reduced. And I'm going to make an assumption here that your employment was at risk. Absolutely, we, you know, we weren't we weren't naive to the to the to the belief and and uh, that when we walk off the job, you know, you're in effect uh, putting your job at risk up to and including termination. You, you're this. I don't know if it's a term that's around um, the fire service statewide, but I certainly know it's a term that I've heard over and over in the Sacramento area, and that is you do not leave your post until you were properly relieved. And essentially, that day that you all went out, the city at that time could have looked at every one of you as you've abandoned your post, therefore you're, you're, you're terminated. And that's exactly what, they, what position they took. Uh, Let's go to the night of the city council meeting and talk to me, talk to me through John- um, John Steely. John Steely, and I had the honor to spend some time with John when I was a, an early uh, uh, early president at 522 back in 2002 or three, but he's got that famous speech. Um, let's go through that night. What was a council meeting like? How many firefighters were there? What was the mood? Talk to me about that. Council chambers was packed. <laughs> uh, Kirk Subs was our president of the of our local, uh, and and. John Steely and, and, and Kurt Stubbs made presentations to the council. Uh, John Steely's was, was, so, was eloquent. I mean, it was unbelievably eloquent. Uh, but it was, also, it was also, you know, saying it as it is, telling them, telling them you know, what they haven't done, what they should be doing, how, you know, how, they, how they've, they haven't given us considerations, how they've demeaned us. Uh, and... Uh, and that, uh, uh, you know, were the, was the last part of what he said, you know, is historical. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he said, you know, we've tried, we've tried the, for you, the council, we've done everything we can, you know, to, to have a, a contract that is fair. Uh, and, and, and we've tried to negotiate in good faith. We've had a mediator come in, and the mediator has proposed settlements that the city took no no thought just put it aside we've asked for binding arbitration you know and and you haven't listened to us uh, the Sacramento B endorsed binding arbitration for the firefighters you know they let's say that again the Sacramento B endorsed binding arbitration for the firefighters binding arbitration and they 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 gave us some they gave us sympathy actually so there might have been some public sentiment that wasn't the same as the city of Sacramento leadership Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it, and so he went through through that 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 whole presentation of of and with ending that you've 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 brought us at this point to we're at the at the at the brink of the Rubicon. We are at the brink. We don't want to cross that Rubicon, but you've put us into that position. You're going to leave us with what you're doing. No choice. We will. Cross the Rubicon. I, I I remember that. In fact, I'm, who's 
I want to get that because I would like to attach that if we can get a quality enough, attach that to this podcast. It, it, it really paints a picture. Um, and I, the one thing that I remember, we are poised at, and I, I won't have the words exactly right, but the ending I will. We are poised at the edge of the Rubicon and we intend to cross. Makes me emotional just oh, saying it, that. It does me. It still does. It and still does. So, and, but he does it so eloquently too. Yes, he. he no, I couldn't deliver that. I'd be mfing, and I, <laughs> that would not. It would not go well for me. I probably would do. But so, John, that speech is given. The council takes action. What's what? What does the next twenty four hours look like? You know, I. You can't just go on strike. There are things that have to happen to do that. Let, let's kind of get through that and then get to that first day on the picket line, all the things that needed to take place to be successful in taking that job action. Well, yes. Uh, it, and we, we didn't do this in a vacuum. I mean, we had the international representatives there. Uh, Harry Williams was, was a, a IFF representative. Uh, we had uh, the Federated Firefighters representation with Ken Larson, was the executive secretary of the Federated Firefighters. You know, was was having the, the presence on a routine basis. Uh, we had meetings in which they they talked to us about the strike. They talked to us about what it meant. You know, they talked to us about uh, it's 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 going to be hard. You know, you're you're going to you're going to uh, you're going to have a lot of criticisms. You know, and, and uh, they they didn't paint a, a just a, a rosy picture. We. We appreciated what what they, what they they were there. They were there to help and they were to advise. Um, you so. went in there with a pretty good knowledge of this. The last day I worked could be the last day I was a firefighter for the city of Sacramento. That that is what was on the line. Exactly. It, for it's not just winning a contract, winning dignity and respect in the workplace. There was personal risk to every single member of the Sacramento Fire Department and Local 522. When we took the vote, which was shortly after that meet council meeting, when we took the vote, we had, we had 450, 415 firefighters that, that were members of the union. All, almost everyone was a member of the union. 415. There, there were about 390 that, that were at the meeting. For 390. The 390 at the meeting. Uh, and and the vote uh, the vote was like three hundred and sixty five voted yes to strike. Wow, three hundred sixty five of of those maybe three hundred ninety that were there that, that were actually there. And and these are these are guys like I said these are these are the guys that had everything to lose. I mean they had everything to lose. But the city, the city demeaned them to the extent they they humiliated, tried to humiliate them, and they made they made our old guys angry. They really made them angry. They walked. The city never ever thought they would walk. The, the city, the city's belief was they would have they would have maybe maybe sixty percent that would walk, and 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 forty percent would stay in, uh, and that would break. They would break the break strike. Uh, they would terminate the strike leaders. You know. Uh, and and when we when we walked, we walked with ninety eight percent of our firefighters walked out. 
There's so much more to the story of the firefighter labor movement and the Sacramento firefighter strike of 1970. We're going to continue my conversation with Dick Mayberry next week on the CPF Firewire. This is Brian Rice, president of the California Professional Firefighters. Thank you for joining us. You can find CPF Firewire at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find CPF Firewire at the CPF website, www.cpf.org, and on the CPF YouTube page. We're always interested in getting your feedback, comments, and criticism. Tell us what you'd like to hear about. Drop us a line, info at cpf.org. CPF Firewire is a production of California Professional Firefighters. Our producer is Carol Wills. Our engineer is Matt McDermott. Please join us next month for another edition of CPF Firewire.